lost it too. It's coming. I know. It's here. I found it. Let's pray. I just encourage you all to open your hearts to the Lord right now. By faith, we're before the throne. The Father and the Son are right now seated on the throne. I love that. I just, I love to just picture them on the throne right now. And we're going to talk to them. And they're going to speak to us. So, here we are, Lord. We come before your throne this afternoon. Father, I ask that you would speak to our hearts. That you would call forth this generation. I ask for even in this afternoon that there would be a divine commissioning. That you would give courage to this generation to embrace voluntary weakness. To embrace the fasted lifestyle. To say yes to lives of holiness. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We ask that you would reveal the deep things of God. We ask that you would speak to our hearts. Come in your presence in a mighty way. Do what only you can do. Here we are. We are expectant for you to come. Amen. Joel 2, verse 12. Joel 2 is specifically speaking to the generation when the Lord returns. So if I, if you were, if you are me, I like to pay attention. I'm going, okay, Jesus, I see all of these events unfolding in the earth. And if this is a prophecy to the generation when you return, I am paying attention. What do you have to say? And here Jesus It's like I see him opening up his heart and giving a final plea, a final call to the human race. He says, verse 12, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to me. For I am gracious and merciful. I am slow to anger and of great kindness. And I relent from doing harm. Who knows if I will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind me. Turn to me with all your heart. It's like I see this picture. I see eternity swallowing up time. Time is literally running out. Before we know it, the king is going to return to the earth. And at that moment, we will either go to the lake of fire and burn in everlasting burnings that will devour us, everlasting torment, or we will enter in to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We will be seated on thrones. We will be given crowns. We will rule and reign with the king of the earth. That is our destiny. But once time is no more, eternity 
is our destiny. Which one will it be? Jesus is saying, final generation, do you know what time it is? Do you know the hour at hand? It's not time for business as usual. It's not time to waste your life on things that do not last forever. He's saying the door will shut and you will go to your eternal destination. Which will it be? Multitudes, multitudes are standing in the valley of decision. We, beloved, we must feel the urgency of the hour. Jesus, the bridegroom God, he's beckoning our generation and he's saying, turn to me. He's saying right now, Satan is trying to accuse who I am to you. He's trying, he's sending forth all of these accusations. And he's saying, listen to me. I am kind. I am merciful. I am in love with you. For all of the ages I have burned with holy desire for you. You are the dream of my heart. You are the one that I want. And you only have this short amount of time to make the decision on if you're going to give me your heart. He's saying, no, I don't want you to stand at a distance and do the checklist. I want you to be brought in to holy abandonment. I want you to be brought in to nearness with me. He's saying, this is the generation I have looked forward to this day. He says, return to me. Give me your heart. That's all I ever wanted. I want your heart. I want relationship. I want you to give me everything. You see, we aren't going to be a generation that's going to be bored. That's the good news and the bad news. We are about to see a drama unfold before our eyes of unprecedented glory. We will see what no other generation has seen. We will also see unprecedented crisis and suffering. This is going to be the most dramatic time frame in human history. And in this hour, the call is going forth to every heart who will say yes. Here in Kansas City, we we have a term called the fasted lifestyle. What this is speaking of is voluntary weakness. It's speaking of what Jesus line upon line describes in the Sermon on the Mount. It's really the kingdom lifestyle. As believers, when we say yes to Jesus, we say yes to this lifestyle. One of the lies that the enemy tries to get us to buy into is that it's only for the radical or that it's an option. So, you know, we go, yeah... Um, you know, there's, there's the fasting dimension, the fasting food. There's the giving of our money. There's the serving dimension. There's the blessing our enemies dimension. There's all of these things. And we go, yeah, maybe in another season or, you know, this season, I'm going to work on one of those things. No, this is what we sign up for when we say yes to Jesus. Now, what we've, what we've seen it as, many of us, is we've seen it as this checklist. 
we've seen it as this thing that we have to do. And we kind of like, you know, grudge a little bit and we're like, oh, do I have to live my life like that? It looks so hard. And what I want to say to you today is when we look at it, let me give you a different perspective. Jesus is giving us the Sermon on the Mount, which is found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He's giving us these things that he wants us to do, and they are meant as an escort into experiencing him. Now, when I see Jesus who is so madly in love with me. And he's looking at me with those flaming eyes of fire. And he's saying, Deborah, he's saying, come to me. I want relationship with you. Oh, Deborah, do you know who you are to me? Come to me. And I say, how do I come? And he says, the way that I am going to escort you into experiencing what I think and what I feel is the Sermon on the Mount. Does this make sense? He's saying, I'm going to ask you to do these simple things. Yes, they are costly. <laughs> yes, they, they are radical in this Western society that we live in. But he says, if you do these simple things, what's going to happen is I'm going to expand your capacity to receive from me. Where you won't be drinking of the momentary passing pleasure, pleasures of this life. But you will experience the superior pleasure of me. Where I will be your reward. Every human being longs for love. Whether you are a believer, whether you are a sinner, we all long to love and to be loved. And Jesus is saying, this is the way to experience love. More than just head knowledge to enter into the experience. He's saying, this is the way. I've, it's a God-ordained, prescribed means to the experience of the knowledge of Jesus. To what Paul talks about in Ephesians 3, the length, the depth, the width, the height of the love of God. We all long for that. We want that. We want intimacy with God. And, and Jesus is saying, so this is the way. Walk in it. It is our escort. It's, it's simple, really. What we do is we exchange our strength for God's strength. We bring our little nickel of strength to the table and we give it to God. And in return, he gives us his strength. In Ephesians 3, it's described as might in our inner man, divine might that we feel on the inside. This generation is going to have Satan vomit everything he can at us. Now, one thing that when you think about Satan, you think about, oh, he's so evil and, oh, I'm going to resist him. Yes, I know I will. But one thing that we don't realize is that what Satan's strategy is, especially in the final generation, is that he is going to bring forth a counterfeit beauty. His main way of getting our affection is to seduce us with the counterfeit beauty, the counterfeit passions. 
and our flesh will shake and quiver in the face of what Satan is going to offer us. The only way we will be able to stand against Satan in the evil day is to have might in our inner man. We will need to be, ha- we will need to be cloaked in the strength of God. The only way to have strength in our inner man is the fasted lifestyle. Dana is going to go into this in more detail in the next session. I just wanted to give us a vision to say yes to this. Truly, what are our options? What are the options for us in this generation? Do we have the option to say no to the Sermon on the Mount? To giving, to fasting, to serving, to blessing our enemies. Do we have that option truly? I mean, when you think about, I I look at it and, you know, every day, for some reason, we we buy into the lie of thinking, oh, if I feel like it, I'm going to do some of those things. But you know what? I don't really feel like it today, so maybe tomorrow. You guys, the clock is ticking and our hearts are in the most dangerous place. We must be drinking from the fountain of living waters. We must be entering into the knowledge of God. We must be praying. We must be fasting. We have to every day see it as though we are athletes getting ready. And we're doing the exercises. We're doing the disciplines. Do we know what is around the corner? We cannot be unprepared. Not only for our own sake, for our own lives but for the lives of our friends and our family, for the unbelievers. We must say yes to the Sermon on the Mount. We must say, yes, Jesus, have your way with me. Here I am, I say yes, and every day, make the effort. We have to pry ourselves loose from everything the world is beckoning us to say yes to. And we have to go our way with focus and with abandon to say yes to Jesus in this hour. He is looking at us. I mean, the God man is looking at each one of us and he's pleading. He's saying, do you know what hour it is? Do you know the time at hand? He's saying, I'm after your heart. But so is Satan. Right now, it's called, I, I like to call it the battle over the human heart. There are two lords, Satan and Jesus, and they are fighting over the, who can win the affection of the human heart. And Jesus says, do you know what I've done? I who was rich, I became poor. I went to the cross so that you could through my poverty become rich. Do we choose him or do we choose Satan who perfectly hates us? You know, in that day there will be, when Jesus returns, there will be a mourning in the land. When the eyes of the humans that chose Satan, they will look and they will go, I chose the wrong king. I chose the wrong Lord. He hates me. I'm going to be dragged into the lake of fire with him. What have I done? They will look upon the 
Jesus. It says the branch of the Lord, speaking of Jesus, will be beautiful and appealing. They will look at Jesus and they say, they'll say, why did I not choose him? And it will be too late. Jesus is saying to us, by faith, do you know, my beloved, what time you're living in? Can you say yes? Now, the truth is, whether Jesus is returning in our generation or not, every generation is called to live this kingdom lifestyle. Every generation, this is the kingdom lifestyle. If you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, this is the way we are called to live. What does it say in Matthew 7? Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go by it. But narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. This is the generation where every tongue and tribe and nation, there will be voluntary lovers coming forth saying, I choose the narrow gate. I will go the difficult way. Why? Because I love him. Why? Because desire is leading me every step of the way. The question will go out, how much is Jesus worth? And hearts across the globe will say, he's worth my life. Are you kidding? I will give this man everything. There's nothing, no nothing is too great. Jesus, I surrender. Today, in my decisions, the hundreds of decisions that I make, I surrender. Not my will, but yours be done. I love you, Jesus. David prophesies in Psalms 29, and he says, Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. In the beauty of holiness, give him the glory that is due his name. There is a generation, the final generation, that for the first time in human history, globally, Jesus will receive the glory that is due him. Lives that have said yes. Lives that have chosen the narrow gate. The way that was difficult. They said, oh, I count all else as rubbish to knowing this man. Count me worthy of him. I say yes. As I was thinking about my journey and the way that God, I believe, brought me into the revelation of the fasted lifestyle and the way that he gave me the courage to say yes, was that he began to give me a vision of my eternal greatness. When we start to see where this whole thing is headed... When we begin to just have the smallest little vision of what Jesus thinks and feels about us and about the age to come, then we see the wisdom of the fasted lifestyle. We start to see this life as an internship. We see it as short. The American dream is no longer as appealing to us. We see that this is the time that we want to be tested, tried, and proved that we might be made ready for the Son of God when He returns. So the Lord, when I I moved to Kansas City 10 years ago, I began to just receive all of these words about, 
you know, great things happening and my, how much Jesus loved me. And, and each day I was, I was reading his word and I was meditating on these realities. And I was saying, yes, I like this. I was feeling this purpose, this sense of destiny that Christianity was changing from being like black and white to full of color and drama. And I was, I was seeing things I'd never seen before. And I was like, wow, Jesus, I never knew. As, as Mike would say, the romance of the gospel was touching me. The gospel was, was coming alive in a whole new way to me. And I was, I was meditating on the reality of Jesus' return. And that he's chosen me to rule and reign with him. That he chose me to, to be his bride. I was feeling this dignity and honor. And it, it felt so good. I was like, Jesus, I want to, to give you everything. That was my, my first response to this revelation. And he says, really, Deborah, you want to give me everything? Okay, that's, that's, this is working. This is what I wanted to do. I, I'm, I'm awakening you to your eternal destiny that you might have that right perspective of, of this age, of this time in, 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 in your life. That this really is short. That this is all going to something that's far beyond. I mean, you guys, really, when you think about it, if this was as good as it gets, we wouldn't be satisfied. For us, this is the worst it's ever going to be. For a sinner, this is the best it's going to ever be. But we have no idea. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard what he has prepared for us. As I was thinking about today and, and what I wanted to share, I was just really struck with how Satan is so after this generation and how we are so feeling shame and rejection. And we're hearing these, these sermons, we're hearing these messages come forth and we're wanting to say yes, but we, we feel so shameful and we're feeling all of these things and we're going, I, I don't know if I can enter in. I want to. I want to say yes, but, but it's hard for me. And I, I was just, I was feeling that burden and I, I wanted to uh, share a story with you about when I was feeling that shame and rejection and I was feeling that accusation and um, it was the commissioning for me actually that launched me in to living a life of, of at least saying yes and setting my heart to say yes to this to the vasted lifestyle so I want I want to share this story with you <clears throat> I'm I'm convinced that the beginning of embracing the fasted lifestyle is also the beginning of embracing our eternal greatness. It's again when we start to see where this is all headed and what Jesus thinks and feels. Then we say, oh, yes, Jesus, I say yes. I see the reward. I see the prize. So now let me run this race well. So let me take you back. It was... 10 years ago, and as I said, when I moved to Kansas City, I was receiving all of these words, and I was, um, my hunger for God was just ever increasing. 
I was just aware that there was so much more out there. And I wanted to know it. I wanted it to be in my experience. I would hear Mike preach on Jesus and I, I wanted to know Jesus in that way. I was reading books from saints and as I was reading these books of saints, I was going, they knew Jesus in a way that I don't know him. And this longing was just erupting in me. But meanwhile, I was in a program where I was having to give all of the hours of my day from six in the morning till late at night. You know, I was answering phones. I was doing all of these busy things and my hunger was ever increasing. And through a series of things that had happened, I felt like the Lord wanted me to end this, um, end this program that I was in, to stop early and to go seek him and, and do, do something different. So I had all of these leaders that were over me and I thought that they would love my announcement when I went and told them that I wanted to end this program early. And, you know, it was for really noble reasons. I, I wanted to go be with God and all of this. <laughs> well, um, no, that's not exactly what happened. <laughs> my leaders were not happy with me. Um, and what happened was this, it started this series of these meetings with all of these leaders. Now, you got to know, I mean, I'm... 19 years old and I'm having meetings with these men that were at least twice my age if not older and they suddenly I went from being like the favorite in the program to this rebellious awful person and I would have these meetings with them and they would just rail against me and I'm going what is this I just want to leave the program early. It's not a big deal. I just, you know, and, and I'm like freaking out. And I go to all of these, these meetings, and I mean, it, I just am getting sick. Like, it was so hard. I'm going, I don't like this. They're rejecting me. They're accusing me. This is horrible. And it, it had been two weeks of all of this, and um, I get a call from one of the leaders, and they say, Deborah, if you come in today, we are going to have our final meeting with you, and then we're going to dismiss you um, from the program. And so I'm going, oh, good. One more meeting. I, I can do this. Okay, I can do this. And so I go in to the office, and all of the wives are there too. So I have all of my, the leaders and all of their wives. And, I mean, women, we can be vicious, can't we? I mean... These women were not so nice. And so they're all back in this back room just conspiring against me. And I'm sit sitting at this front desk and I am truly freaking out. I am sobbing. I am journaling. Jesus, help me as I die. I'm like, I'm 19 years old and my ministry has not even begun and I'm forever failing and... I mean, I'm, I'm shaking. I'm just, this is awful. And then in comes Mike Bickle and my sister. And the horror that came over me. I'm going, why is Mike invited to this meeting? I am about to be so humiliated. I, I, I can't fathom that I'm going to be humiliated at this level in front of the servant of the Lord, Mike Bickle. I'm like, God... I thought my day could not get worse. It just got 
so much worse. I'm going, oh no, Mike, I'm really not as bad as they're going to tell you I am. I don't know. Oh, and I was just, I was feeling all those emotions and you know, it just dawned on me. My sister and Mike came in with Baskin Robbins ice cream. It was nine in the morning. And it never even dawned on me, why are you eating ice cream at nine in the morning? Anyway, it was, it was funny. So they go on back to the, all of the men and women conspiring against me. And, um, and then finally, you know, someone comes out and says, Deborah, you can come back now. And so I go back to this room and they're all seated there. And, um, Mike says, Okay, first, before we start this meeting, he says, I want us to go around the room and I want each one of you to tell what you have against Deborah. And I'm going, oh, no. I mean, I've just met with each one of these guys personally. I know what they're going to say, and it's not pretty. And I'm going, oh, no. So here he has this notepad. And my sister is seated right by him. And I'm going, what is he going to do? What is he writing down? And as each one of them, they would just say these things and just rail against me. I mean, they, I, I just, yeah, it was, it was awful. And I'm sitting there and I'm just sinking as one by one, they just say all of these things against me because I want to leave this program early and I'm, I'm now the most rebellious person. And then after they're all done, which it took forever, (laughs) after they're all done, Mike says, and what he did is he went through each one of all of the accusations. And one by one, he proclaimed my budding virtues. He proclaimed the truth of how Jesus saw me. And he says, you say this about her, but God says this. God says this. God says this. And on that, in that moment, I felt every lie for every accusation i felt the truth of how god felt about me it was a stunning moment i i was like i was like how did this go from my absolute worst day to probably the best day of my life i'm like really jesus is this really how you think about me and he says oh deborah you're this you're this you're this and I won't go into what he went and he went through all of these things. And then he started naming things to each one of these leaders about what, what, what they had been doing and just different things. And it was, it was a very powerful moment in my life. The reason I want to share this with you today is because this is what launched me into saying yes to the fasted lifestyle. I left that day thinking that like as Mike shared in one of the sermons, I was going to go from glory to glory. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) This was so good. I was vindicated. Jesus loves me and he thinks all of these wonderful things about me. Little did I know that what he was doing was he was giving me courage to embrace the Sermon on the Mount. From that day, I went and I, I, you know, got an apartment where I studied and I prayed and I fasted and I entered into a life of voluntary weakness. And I had to call to remembrance each day by faith, Jesus, what do you think about me? Tell me again, where is this all going? Give me the grace. Give me the courage to stay the course. I want to say yes. Today, 
I want to say yes tomorrow. Does this make sense? Right now, Jesus is coming to this generation and he is revealing himself as the bridegroom God. Before this whole thing is over, we will stand as a bride and we will say, come Lord Jesus. We will understand Jesus as a bridegroom. He's introducing himself in this way to our hearts. But what this is going to do is as we are introduced to Jesus as a bridegroom, it's going to lead us to say yes to that narrow gate that's difficult. We will say, oh, Jesus, how much are you worth? Each day we'll say, oh, Jesus, you're worth everything. In the little decisions, in the big decisions, not my will, but yours be done. Help me, Jesus. I want to run my race well. I want to stay the course. Help me. Keep telling me, Jesus, where this is all headed. You know, we know the famous verse. For the joy set before me, for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. This is the same for us. For the joy set before us, we will take up our cross and follow him. There's going to be a company of believers in this final generation that are going to say yes to the heights and to the depths. We will say yes to the heights of, of love in that experience of Jesus as the bridegroom God. And that will lead us to saying yes to the depths where we will say, Jesus, how far, how low will you take me? Test me, try me, prove me. I want to be counted worthy of you when you return. I want all of the circumstances in this life to prepare me, to get me ready for you, Jesus. I want to be one of those that arises in the beauty of holiness and gives you the glory that is due you. Do you think about what Jesus is going to say to you when he returns? One day, each one of us will stand before that man. What is, what is he going to say to you? Is he going to say, oh, Deborah, I loved the way you lived your life on the earth. By faith, you said yes. In the tough times, when things were really hard, you gave me your heart. You said yes in love. Deborah, well done. You loved me well. Now enter into my kingdom. Or is he going to say, I never knew you. But Lord, I prophesied in your name. I did signs and wonders. I had a big conference ministry. I never knew you. Which one will it be? Are we going to say yes? To the kingdom lifestyle. Are we going to say yes? Show me the narrow gate. I want to say yes with all my heart each day. Each day we have thousands of things at our fingertips. Are we going to refuse those things? Those momentary pleasures. The inferior pleasures. The sinful pleasures. Are we going to refuse them? For the hope of the superior pleasure.
This is a wonderful time to be living. It's also terrifying. Let's all stand. We just wanted to have a time where we could respond to the Lord. David Brimer, if you're here, if you could come on up. I want to read these words again that Jesus is saying. He's saying, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. He's saying, give me your heart and not your garments. Return to me. He's saying, eternity is swallowing up time. The clock is ticking. I am madly in love with you. Are you going to choose me this day? Are you going to say yes? I will give you the grace. You can do this. I will give you the courage. If you say yes, all I want is that yes in your heart. We're going to we're going to blow it, you guys. We're going to blow it many times. Every day I blow it. After we blow it, can we get back up and get our eyes back on that price, Jesus, our reward, and say, Jesus, you're worth it. Jesus, I say yes. I will give you the best of my strength. Here, Jesus, it's yours. My life is not my own. Let's just talk to Jesus.